You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! back and bigger than ever it's the unofficial 40 from soonerscoop.com now here's the entire sooner scoop crew carrie josh eddie and bob all right welcome back it is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from soonerscoop.com the entire crew will be here we got Bob Prisbillo slaving away. Uh, we just finished a Zoom call with Patrick Fields, Creed Humphrey, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, who uh, was wonderful. Uh, we hadn't really talked to him. So he was fantastic and got to talk to Ronnie Perkins as well. And I turned Eddie's mic off. Trying to be censored already. That must be an election coverage of, of you. <laughs> I will admit, I, uh, I wheels were off the diet last night. I ordered in some food. And drink some whiskey. Uh, I'm on radio vacay the rest of the week. And I, I'll i be honest, I don't know how you guys are about this, but every once in a while, I mean, I go out now more than I ever have, but I still kind of get the corona blues a little bit. I didn't even know it was going on still, to be honest with you. Uh, you wouldn't. Um, <laughs> I'm st- Until I cough every once in a while, and then I go, oh, I hope that's not it again. Actually, every time you look at a mirror, you're reminded that it's still going on because your hair is everywhere. No, this is called growing it out. I'm doing this on purpose. I don't believe you. I, mother, I go get, I go get my mother, haircut and I tell him to do a mullet. Your mother must be just beside herself it. right now. Not happy with it. Uh, bad boy though. So yeah, I mean, and it wasn't. It's not because I give a damn really about who wins the election. I mean, I'm kind of one of these people. I'm not getting political. I'm one of these people that just believes a president doesn't really affect my life all that much. It's the worst job in America. I mean, like. You're either going to close things down. You're not going to close things down. You're going to close it down differently than. The, I mean, like, I don't think people are rioting because of. Well, maybe. Eh. Anyway, nobody's rioting. I mean, come on. No comment. <laughs> anyway, I just don't care. Like, I if if Trump wins, good. If Biden wins, good. That's fine. But the stress of it is dealing with all your friends and all the text messages that you get. Like, I just didn't want to deal with that shit last night. But I dealt with it with whiskey. I just don't care. Very indifferent. I think the voting process yeah, I, I is pretty stupid. I a, a whiskey uh, diet for myself as well last night. and Just that, to get that's through as it. Much, yeah, that, that's as much political TV as I'd wa- I'll watch. And I told Tiffany, I, I genuinely... People don't ever believe me. I genuinely don't care about politics. I just do not care. But the... It's it's just I, something to get I, when you're in our position. It's just something to get you in trouble. It's just, yeah. It's like there's nothing good that's come out of that for me. I've I've dabbled. I'll admit when all the George Floyd happened, I dabbled. I pissed off a lot of people, lost a lot of followers. It's just not. I like now. I don't think that that's politics not, though. I know. It's not. It's I don't even want to get into what it is. Yeah. 
I, all I was going to say is I like like I'm a I, I like numbers. I, I like the map watching stuff the guys is fantastic. The yeah, I watched CNN That's amazing. all night yes. last night, uh, and I heard NB, MSNBC's map guy was pretty good too. But I didn't flip over. Okay. Uh, but he is Jack. Uh, what's his name? Not that liberal. Haven't been to MSNBC in a while. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I I barely know what the channels are. They're somewhere. I think seven eighty is CNN, and that's all I really know. I think there's a seven eighty four. I'm not big on watching the political channels. Mm-mm. I hate them, mm-hmm. but. I like it's it just, is just it, first take for politics is all it is. Oh sure, which is a problem. Tiff- <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> it's just what flavor like, of first take you're watching. Night, she was saying it's like it's a sport. It's the sports thing in you. Like there's stats and there's numbers and there's stuff. And like that that probably is what it is. Like it appeals to me because like somebody's winning, somebody's losing, and there's a score being kept. And like I I that appeals to me. That's really the only time. Yeah. Every four years that I watch anything, uh, any type of political news coverage. And look, I, I understand we live in a conservative state, but there's just a certain level of disappointment when I take the trouble to go out and vote, which yesterday it was fantastic in Norman. And I like walked in, walked out. There's like one person in front of me in line. And then I was in the wrong line because I was in the wrong district. I was in province or precinct one and I was in the precinct three line. Uh, so then I had to go. Like, I took the walk of shame to precinct one because I was in the wrong If I would have had to do that, I would have walked straight <laughs> out of the building. But then I got into the precinct one room, and there was no line at all. I was first one up. I went and got my ballot. I filled it all out. I didn't. I never do the straight ticket thing, by the way. I don't believe in that. That's just a cop-out. Everybody that was walking out of my uh, polling place, it's like, you have to judge them, though, right? You have to be like, all right, I wonder what you voted for. You can usually tell. I, was 100% I have a pretty yesterday. hard and fast line. If anyone deals with money, I vote Republican. No matter, even if they're terrible. I don't, even, I don't, <laughs> but see, like, who really knows if their county treasurer is terrible or not? Uh, you really are they have in to politics? Do a lot of research. Are they in politics? If so, yes, then they're a terrible person. See, you're being political now. No, I'm, I'm anti political. I, I think as, he's as saying a they're whole. all terrible. Yeah. They're all exactly. terrible. All of them. Every I, one of them. I concur. Thank you. And you know, the except for the ones is, that I know and, and, and friends and with. I, and, I, <laughs> and I am anti old. So if you've been in oh, the yeah. Senate for a long oh, yeah. time, I vote against you no matter what. But here's the problem oh, non political take Jim Inhofe's an idiot. <laughs> Tom Cole, I didn't vote for you. I'm sorry. Um, Imhoff, I didn't is vote for you. Is he still rocking? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought well, I thought somebody died, but I guess it wasn't one of those two. Who died? I don't know. Somebody died in the last five years or something. That was been a lot guys. of deaths in the last five years. Uh, so, in the last but no. Here's the months. thing: when you go and you put forth the effort to vote, it is always sad when you know, like before the votes are even in there. Like, yeah, Oklahoma go for Trump. <laughs> like it was, it was like they haven't even closed the polls, and like Oklahoma was already for Trump. Like. There's no, and they never even got to break down Oklahoma. Like you got to follow all those numbers, like in Texas, Josh. Like they kept show because Texas was interesting for a while. Oklahoma was never interesting enough for them to even touch the state I th- and show you what the breakdown was. Like I wanted to know if there were any blue counties in Oklahoma at all because uh, the answer is usually are even, not. The answer is why no. do they even bother to the cl- the polls to close? Like they know what <laughs> Oklahoma's doing. Like just yeah. call that one two weeks ago. Like, Georgia's been getting talked about constantly for two days now, and Oklahoma got jack squat. We didn't get shit. We got no coverage. 
Come on, people. Fake them out at yes. least. I know. I, I wanted John King to give a shout-out to, like, Payne County or something. Exactly. Or McIntosh or LaFleur. <laughs> like, Stevens County. Yeah. Oh. Like, come on. Give us a shout-out. Actually, shout no, because we, what we learned from that map is all cities are Democratic and all yes. rural areas yeah. are red. It's it's wild. Like, it, it across the board, there's not a state where the big cities weren't all blue. Just Except let, Oklahoma. Just probably. let me know when, and I will... Uh, Put in the rundown. You can start listening now. <laughs> Seriously. So there is our non-political political talk uh, to start out the podcast. Because, you know, everybody's been doing the same thing. We you just, have to. Yeah. It's the biggest story in Everybody's been sitting the, around just watching television, watching this the, the last one, 24 hours. The one thing I will say, though, and it has bugged the shit out of me over the last month, maybe even more so than that, this idea that this is the biggest election of all time. Just remember, they're going to say the same thing in four years, whoever it is. It's just Democrats like or Republicans. It's always say, the biggest. Is this election. the greatest college football team of all time? Well, sometimes you can decide that, but only if OU's involved. <laughs> I listened to a a really um, a really interesting co- podcast uh, called um, Oh God, I'd like to give it a plug. Um, uh, the, oh the the wicked wicked game, and it's about like each each episode is one year of elections like you know going all the way back to like george washington and how it all was handled you know and kind of the big moments in each each election cycle well all of them like almost all of them are like this will be the election that decides the fate of the united states of america like it's it's the same thing every damn time and i mean in some cases it's true and in most cases it's not it's just you know another four years of slightly different bullshit yeah (laughs) <laughs> that, that is uh, politics, just a great summary. Four years of slightly different bullshit. Yep. Uh, yeah, Biden wins. We're going to have four years of slightly different bullshit. Yeah. Yep. Except one side will be screaming and the other will be calm. You just might not see it on Twitter as much. Directly from the president. We're just, we're pretty lucky that we live in Oklahoma because we don't have like crazy liberals. Like if we oh. lived in California, I like mean, like lots of them. California's been shut down for the last twenty five months. Or like Portland, like people make it out like Norman is the liberal capital of the world. We're not. It's just a bunch of women that wear weird clothes. You live here. I don't. I can't say anything. <laughs> a and lot I won't of say anything. a lot of long dresses and. I do think OU needs to schedule Oregon at some point things. over the next couple years. I loved going out to Oregon. It was a great trip. They decriminalized cocaine. I Methamphetamines and heroin. I don't heroin. know anybody that does curricular heroin, but they're basically saying if you want to do drugs, do drugs. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're gonna have a lot of heroin deaths, so yeah, but they'll all be wearing Eddie Nike stuff, so like, it'll be okay. That might be too far. <laughs> the what? I said when even Eddie and I are like, ooh, that might be a little far. Like, I think maybe you've gone past the point of reasonable. Yeah, but I mean, they will all be wearing duck uniforms, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> It would have been great for Colt Lyerla. He could have had his he could have had his pro career. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just would have been addicted to heroin. Well, I mean, it would have been legal. You now. can't play sports and be addicted to heroin. I've never seen a guy with three day old bag under his eyes score three <laughs> touchdowns in one game. <laughs> I mean literally that'd be, like that'd be impressive if you the did. NCAA is not going to let up on that type of drug policy. It's like you know, and Lincoln Riley is not going to bat for mental health in heroin. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's probably true. 
All right, if Bob Prisbillo. Just shoot up. Bob Prisbillo is done uh, with his child labor. You missed a riveting political conversation, Bob. I'm, I'm just putting in the notes, Bob. You can start listening now, so you haven't missed anything. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's happening? Well, we had a chance, so let's just go ahead and get on to football instead of uh, elections and maps and stuff like that. Uh, but we did have a chance to talk to Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson today, and I said this a little bit earlier, Bob. I had not talked. I don't know, Josh, had you ever talked to Ramondre Stevenson before? Yeah, several times. He He's he's a good interview. He's yes. always good to talk to. I was, I was, I mean, not shocked, but I mean, I was pleasantly surprised with how much of a public speaker he is. He did a gonna, really good that's job. That's going to be good for us. That's yeah. going to be good for us because we'll be talking to him every single week, I have a feeling, for the rest of the season. And Eddie was sitting there halfway through it. He's like, wow, he, his teeth are really white. Like, he really is a he got, he got ready well-kept for us man. Absolutely. He was impressive. <laughs> Much more so than us beat people sitting on a phone call with well, our yeah. hats and hair that hasn't been cut. and It's been combed. It just hasn't been cut. <laughs> it's been washed? Yeah, which, I'm not growing dreads. Which begs the question, did you guys, like, the first few weeks, did it start out like, I'm going to a press conference? Or has it just from the beginning been like, we're going to set a very low bar here? Well, most people will put on the video. I don't ever put on the video. Okay. So I don't have to be seen. Sometimes sure. I'm heard, but I'm not seen. I think that's, I think that's my best quality. Oh, Eddie is Eddie sees it right now. I've I've designed a new backdrop for my Zoom. It's good. Oh, Looks good. Nice. It's the wall of uh, technology over here at the uh, all our at camera Scoop Manor. crap. Any basically, kitchen, kitchen utensils or anything back there? No, but I do have my. Uh, and then ninth- you have a Van Halen and a Rim poster. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he really knows I'm how to piss kidding. me off. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, it's not a poster; they're albums. Or album, yeah. yeah. Um, I and I got the, I have the uh, gargoyle too. Does that keep away the uh... gargoyles? Yeah, are for aren't they uh, supposed to like keep away spirits yeah, and stuff? Yeah, they're supposed to be wow. protectors. The, you needed it protect? this last weekend, then Halloween. I, none of those little fuckers came around here, so I was good. <laughs> it might be for cash, Josh. I don't know. Yeah, in the huh. No, but I also have my 70s ABC Wide World of Sports uh, TV truck, which I I dare anyone to beat as a Zoom backdrop. Okay. Anyway, uh, we did have a Zoom today. We talked to Ronnie Perkins. Ronnie Perkins, uh, Bob, I would say a little standoffish, a little... uh, He was looking for the gotcha moment, maybe, I think, from people today. Yeah, and you can tell he's like, oh, I don't really want to get into some of it. And I guess I we never really pushed the envelope. I think when you start real, you you can know within the first two, three questions whether or not someone's going to be open and actu- actually give you an account of what's really happened. And it, it just seemed pretty clear that that wasn't what Ronnie wanted to do today. He gave a little insight, but if you're looking for this – mind-blowing expose of what happened in Ames and, and why everything was delayed. Yeah. It, it, it's not happening today, and I don't know if it's ever going to happen while he's still on campus. And he was asked about, you know, the kind of the weirdness of being in Ames and then not being at Texas, and he just said he was just trusting the process to work itself out. Um, but, I mean, he was clearly nervous. Uh, he had to ask for questions to be repeated several times. Uh, because I think you just get you. It's kind of like 
I've had this problem with public speaking. It's like you can't breathe and then all of a sudden you're short of breath and you're not really listening and you can't really talk and it's like you're having a small panic attack. So I think there was a little bit of that going on today with Ronnie. But Ramondre, he was he was great. I think Handled if everything. I think Ronnie wanted to say something, he would have just been like, well, because it's all bullshit. Like that, and he would have got in trouble if he would have said that. Yeah, somebody asked him about you know Lincoln's support of him, and the, he said he, he couldn't really comment on the rule. I thought it was, a, was never mind. I mean, what what's he what are the what's he supposed to say? You were going to say stupid question. It was a stupid question. <laughs> no, I mean it was a question I, that had to be asked. I mean, Lincoln Riley defended him. Paid by clicks, though. I understand. Lincoln Riley defended him, uh, and you know defended all those guys. And they were just, you know, wanting his response to, you know, the rule and what Lincoln said, and he just didn't want to get into it. Yeah, that's I cool. Was much fun. I was fine with that line of questioning compared to what Ramondre, where it felt like people were trying to create storylines on the fly, even though they're not there to be created. Ramondre, is it, is it true that you grew up with polio and, and survived it? <laughs> you know, his high school career is... He said it flat out in the first question. It was great. It's not like some inspiring story that he had to overcome. He, it's not the Marquise Brown story up. where he worked at Six yes. Flags. He smartened up when he got to junior college. He had the opportunity. Yes, there's a lot of truth. I mean, me and Josh, we, we know that, that Texas wanted him to visit in January. So him signing in December was a huge coup for the Sooners. But outside of that, it just it felt like a traditional junior college to Power Five type of story. I don't think that I realized at the time, and I guess it's easy to say this now looking back on it, but I don't think at the time I realized what exactly Oklahoma was getting in a runner like Ramondre Stevenson. I think it was pretty oh, yeah, evident I mean, on Saturday. That, that because Texas wanted him, he was a pretty good prospect. But they've, they've just, it's been one of those, I don't know, I, I guess in a way I was just like, almost like a throwaway guy. Like, I don't know really how much yep. this guy's going to really no, come in no, and be I mean, able to contribute. Kind of like an extra guy. Right, oh, we can I'm get right this guy. Let's go ahead and yeah. take a chance. Yeah. And, and then you look up on Saturday and it's very obvious that he's the number one running back on the team. Ronnie Perkins is probably the best defensive lineman on the team. I mean, just in terms of professional football value, I'm going to say this even with Hubbard and Hall in the league, he might be the most valuable. He might be the most... Well, he's. I think he's the most ready to be an NFL running back right now. He runs like an NFL guy. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Like he, I, I was the. I talked about it in the idiot. the The run he made in the end zone where he stuffed initially and then he spins back yeah. out to his right is like nobody just, else on Oklahoma's roster makes that run. And, nobody. And he just bounces off of people sure. like they have no shot. I mean, how many times did we see that in the first? You know. Two, three weeks, especially just Oklahoma not being able to punch it in when they got inside the 10-yard line and running the ball, and it's just completely different now. And it probably is goes hand-in-hand with you know everything that Oklahoma's been able to do offensively. Uh, it helps up front. I mean, those guys are playing better, the offensive line, but Ramondre just brings a different level of – he brings a different level of running back, Kerry. I, I think you said it on Saturday. He is a man. Yeah. That is a man running the football. He, he will dwarf other people on a football field like – you saw the McPherson kid early, uh, and he was making plays all over the field, tackling people. Then he was getting face mask penalties. 
Uh, but it's like once Ra- Ramondre Stevenson was out on the edge and McPherson was trying to tackle him, McPherson looked like a kid, and Ramondre looked like a man. Like he's just a he's just big everywhere. I assume. You know what's funny? Interesting is assumption. When we watched him warm uh, warm up, he actually he, he looked pudgy. We all thought he kind of looked pudgy, but then when he put his pads on, he looked like the same the the same guy. We were. We were initially worried, like, did he do any sort of conditioning at all <laughs> during the last four or five months? But he's months, always kind of we... been that way. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it just looks weird when you don't have the pads on. Eddie, do not call me an olds for this, but he's thick. But he's Jerome Bettis. I mean, he's that kind of I, size. He's not that thick, though, is he? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean they call Jerome him Bettis boss. was borderline. What I'm saying is he has yeah, that no, type of build sure. where he's... You know, it's obvious he you know doesn't have six percent body fat, but not everybody has to have six percent body fat. He looked great. I, I, you know, I, I think I'm sure that Kerry, you guys talked about it on the pregame, just as far as like what is realistic and what they're yeah. a- able to contribute. And I thought I didn't think it would be nearly. You know, if if they can get in there and get some reps, that's good news. You can slowly work them back in there. But and I know that they had been practicing and they talked about you know working scout team and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, my God, it was it was night and day, and you know, I loved. I we talked about it on the post game pod, but uh, you know, Bob and Josh, I'd love to just kind of start and just get your thoughts overall because that was an Oklahoma football team on Saturday that I don't know. It changed some things. I don't think I'll be using the word pussy uh, to uh, to talk about any of the guys on the uh, side of either side of the ball. The only thing I'll say, and I'll let Bob go because he was there. I'd love to hear his takes, but. To me, that the team that played against Texas Tech, that's a top six or seven team in the country. Like they, they were that good. They were dominant in every phase you need to be. They're winning up front. They're starting to find playmakers like we've talked about for weeks. Uh, there, there, weren't, there wasn't a lot of holes in the way they did that. And that score, I don't know about you guys, I thought that score was fairly flattering to Texas Tech. I didn't feel like the game was anywhere near that close. No, it yeah. wasn't. Yeah, when 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 you look at what Perk and Stevenson were able to do, I I thought you know fifteen twenty snaps at most, but they were so dominant, so good early that they earned getting more than thirty snaps because they didn't need like this you know ease them into type of thing. They were ready to go right from the jump, and you could just see it, it wasn't just an emotional lift that they gave to the team because we knew that was a given, but it was how well they. They, they played and just kind of changed dynamic and Spencer Rattler's quote after from Carrie's question that was sensational that that lets you know this team might be starting to change its identity in the second half of the season it's just crazy too. you mean the thing where he said we, it's time for us to go out and embarrass somebody you got it yeah. yeah it's just crazy too that I don't know I mean I guess at the time I thought I kind of bought into this idea that, you know, winning a four overtime game against Texas, it was going to give them some sort of confidence. But, I mean, is it just as simple as that definitely kind of brought everything together and brought a confidence within them that, yeah, they can win games. I don't know if it happens overnight, but they, they've looked like a different... some swagger to the sure. team. Sure. It, it's, it's given that young group of guys that maybe didn't have the taste of being able to find a way to win a football game, the confidence to say, we can f-ing do this. Absolutely. I mean, that's a team now. I think, I mean, and that was the thing. It's like, you wondered where it would all go after the 
after the overtime win at Texas. Well, they went into TCU. And let's face it, they beat TCU like nobody else has really beat TCU this year, right? I mean, you guys are saying not according to Brando and Tilt and Tilt. Oh, God. You were lucky and you didn't have to listen to those fools. <laughs> thank, God. God. thank God. I don't know who will be on the call this weekend. It can't be good. Uh, but thank God we all get press box uh, access yeah, this weekend. You, you and Eddie get to escape. I'm left with this dark hole that just is the play by play game right well, now. Josh, do you know who's doing the uh, color work this weekend? Oh, God. I don't It's your boy, know. Tom Luckin, Bill. Oh, oh Lugs. Lugs. Back when I played at Georgia Tech, and my dad was a coach. <laughs> He is your Isaiah Thomas. I, he, he's so, he okay. And we all know someone else who does this. Josh he's the guy who shows up at camps and will talk for an hour about what he saw at camp. And I was like, you talked for longer than you were at the camp. Like you spent more time talking about what you saw than you actually spent the time watching. And that that shit makes me crazy. I've seen that happen before. Yeah, there was one this summer. Mm-hmm. Sticks out pretty pretty notably. <laughs> Who wasn't on the call today, for what it's worth? Oh, wow! Wow! Wow, Bob! Damn, love it. That happens quite a bit. Um, oh, am I lying? I feel like this is the Matrix. I'm just dodging <laughs> bullets right now. Get out of the way. Get down. Shut up. Let's be honest. You're you're dodging alley oops right now is what you're dodging. Oh, I, I know you want to dunk on some. It's pools. and it's more so because of my vert than anything else. It's not because of desire. Your coffee black now, huh? Somewhat, yeah. You've seen that movie? Uh, Semi Pro. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he even knew the damn. Name, I watched Will Ferrell. Like we've found so many movies that Eddie has watched recently. Tin Cup. So yeah, they all have they all they they all have something to do with sports, right? <laughs> they do, and they're all pretty old too. <laughs> but that doesn't well, seem to matter with you. I mean, like you know, I'm sure you've they have seen to be in my wheel blues. Well, yeah, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Have you seen Rudy? Yeah, Catholic. Have you seen The Natural? Yes, I've seen all the sports movies. All right, test, except Eddie. for the mo- except for the uh, you haven't seen all the right except moves. for all the boxing movies. Sorry, Bob. What is the penalty that Rudy commits late in the game? Offsides? There we go. Yep, he's definitely yeah. offsides. Well, yeah. I just want that settled. And to come to find out that uh, the real Rudy's actually, I think, a huge prick. So He's been in prison. Yeah, yeah. not a good person. No. Um, and I don't know how he came back and his brother's f***ing his old girlfriend. And how did he not, like, try to kill his brother? Pete. Or not Pete, but the uh, the real brother. Yeah. Yeah. His real brother's a son of a bitch. I mean, there's just no doubt. Yeah, that's what they get for not He's being allowed to watch other, anything other than Notre Dame games growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you have a kindred uh, soul in Joe Montana. Somewhat. We all do. Somewhat. Well, guess what? The holidays are coming up, and if you guys are anything like me, you're, you're pretty hard to shop for because uh, all you really care about is spending money on sports or Stupid crap like workshops and stuff like that. But it's important that you look well, too. Uh, and you can do that by ordering yourself something from Dead Soxy uh, or uh, having a loved one order it for you for Christmas. Uh, just go to deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. 
And uh, hey, tell them to use the promo code that we offer you. Uh, it's a 30% off promo code ex- exclusively for Sooner Scoop. Just enter your keyword BOOMER at checkout, and you can get 30% off your order. You can get the Crimson and Cream colorways to support the Sooners. Uh, all kinds of, if you want to go college, pro, uh, NBA, whatever. Uh, they've got all kinds of colors for you to choose from, as well as just some some great-looking uh, luxury socks. And uh, they, they've got really high-quality source fabrics that'll take your sock game to the next level. they got the no-slip silicon beads uh, in the welt, so they prevent the dreaded slippage. Uh, but just go in uh, either you to, for a gift for someone else or tell someone to go to deadsoxy.com uh, to get a gift for you. Use that uh, promo code 30 per, for 30% off uh, for Soonerscoop.com and enter that keyword BOOMER at checkout. That's deadsoxy, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And as always, stay soxy. All right. Uh, so, no, I mean, Oklahoma, a little bit of swagger now. You go and play Kansas this week. Boy, um, <laughs> the old Kansas week. What a, I mean, God, Kansas and then bye. I mean, which one's going to be the trickier week for OU? Probably bye because they have to I navigate don't. not getting any COVID. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of coming back a little bit. Wisconsin's like, uh, hey, how you doing? It's nice scheduling, Big Ten. Yeah, they set themselves <laughs> up for that. It is crazy, though, that, you know, there's four games left in the season, which is almost hard to believe. Yeah, it is hard to believe. But the fact that we're sitting here on November 4th as compared to what it was, you know, post-Iowa State, that they're even in the conversation to play in a Big 12 championship game. They don't, but they, in a lot of ways, they control their own destiny as long as Kansas State continues to be the Kansas State that went to Morgantown last sure. weekend. Because they've got to play OSU. Like, the worst thing possible is Kansas State beating OSU. You do not want that. No. Yeah, Oklahoma fans need to cheer for Oklahoma State this weekend. Real quick, too, to backtrack. Josh, was that Spencer Rattler's best game? Uh, I mean, it had to have been, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I would yeah, say there's only one answer. It, there's only one answer. It, it, it was his most consistent effort by far. I mean, they're just... Because, guys, I mean, like, we've talked about it. Some of his best throws, I don't know what the hell it is this season, but you'll see guys that are really sure-handed, and then he'll make an unbelievable throw and it gets dropped. It's like people don't don't think he can make some of the throws he's making. Yep, That's the only explanation that I have. And Theo Weiss is number one. Like, nothing should surprise you anymore, Theo Weiss. Like, when you turn around, there's probably going to be a ball in your chest. The after that catch against Missouri State, there should be no surprises left for him. Like, just expect the ball. Like, yeah, that, 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 I mean, because he made the play against Missouri State on one of the more ridiculous throws I've seen from Rattler so far this year. But yeah, I, I, I thought he was outstanding. I thought he could have been even better. Obviously, the Mims drop. Mims had a couple drops on the day. Had a yep. big third down drop that hurt him. Uh, Theo Weiss, obviously, with the drop in the end zone. Um, I thought Austin Stogner bounced back pretty well after a shaky week against TCU. So that's a you know, that's a good sign. And, you know, you're still seeing him force some things. And, you know, the, the you know, like the throw to Stogner on the first drive where they scored. I, sure, Stogner made the play. And, you know, we always talk about you got to trust your receiver to go make a play. And Stogner's a pretty good guy to trust. But he had other options. And he just was like, nope, I, I want my big guy. So, you know, and that's, like I said, there's room for that. But it's interesting to kind of watch as he continues to develop the thing i will say and carrie you noted it in the post game 
that we didn't have the zone read problems that we saw from Oklahoma the previous week because really you just didn't see much of it. And secondarily, I'm see his clock looks better. It's finally yes. started. Like okay, yep. I can't hold the ball forever. I've got to either tuck it or get rid of it or move. I've got to do something. It just seems like his timing's getting more in line with where it needs to be. That throw to Stogner on the touchdown. I've watched that like twenty times, <laughs> where he just flicks his wrist. It is amazing how the ball leaves his hand. It, it's not like anything I've ever seen. Guys, the the long one to Stogner that I was just saying, that was 42 yards. He doesn't step into Mm-mm. it. He throws he it off his back it. foot. And it never leaves the screen. Like, it's not like it's some moonshot. Like, it's a it's a seed down the middle of the field. At, I mean, you're, you're talking about seven, eight guys in college football can throw the ball like that, if, if that many. You know, when we got up to the press box, the wind wasn't what it was, but when we left, that was a pretty brisk wind. So when Lincoln mentions how well Spencer navigated that, I can back that up. That wind, as it got later into the night, that was something to deal with. Hmm. It's That's something bad. that you would think would have been included on the broadcast, but I guess not. <laughs> well, we got our we got our candy corn. Guys, I just there, can't so believe this is the only year of Spencer Rattler we get to watch. I mean, that's how disappointing. I mean, it's Caleb Williams is starting when he gets here, right? That's another. Oh, geez. That's There's another, another that's, shot. That's another that's dodging a, bullet. That's a take that might come from somebody that is using methamphetamines <laughs> in Oregon or heroin. I don't know. I don't know if you'd be able to get that out. I think it'd be more like, I. <laughs> you're like, keep, stay awake. What do you you what? Welcome to our new uh, guessing game. What? Narcotic is Eddie on. Wake up. Finish your sentence. I mean, what were you going to say? You're considering a possibility that Spencer Radler is probably, what, first-team freshman All-American quarterback, has a chance to lead his team to a conference championship, has a chance to lead him to a New Year's Six Bowl, and he's going to get benched next year. It's just okay. an all-time moronic take. Oh, oh, it's... it's, it's uh, it's for clicks. It's for the retweets. It's for the attention is what it is. But has it been screenshotted for prosperity? Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> we put that all in the files. Freezing cold takes is going to have that one. Uh, but no, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing about Kansas is can you go out and bury somebody else that you should bury? Because their defense is awful. Ramondre Stevenson might have 200 yards. By halftime. Yeah. I was going to say, Ramondre Stevenson could make a run at P. Ryan's record if they really wanted to I mean, go that way with it. I feel like there's been bad Kansas teams. We've watched them in Lawrence. We've watched them come to Norman. But they've had good defenses even when they sucked. This might be one of the worst Kansas teams that they've had. I think this and would we, also be the last time that Les Miles coaches against Oklahoma, too. Maybe not good defenses, but they've had good defensive lines. Like, they've had defensive lines... Pretty much every team in the Big 12 that would go in and play them would be like, we'd take those guys. Yeah. They had Doran yep. Armstrong for several years there, who was a heck of a good player. I mean, they, they've always had a couple pieces where you're like, well, that guy could hurt you. That You know, Puka, for years, yep. has obviously been a huge thorn in Oklahoma's side. But now, there's nobody coming in on this roster that you're like, oh, you've got to be aware of that guy. Like, I, I don't know how, as coaches, you motivate this team. Like, how, what do you sell them on? Eddie and I oh, are very are distracted Kansas. right now. How do you motivate Kansas? <laughs> yeah, oh, God. I, CNN. I did. 
currently Kansas is like a football team I legitimately feel sorry for. Like, the last week, they were driving. They had a nice little drive going against Iowa State. They were going to get a field goal. I think it would have pulled it to 17-10 or 20-10 or something like that. And they drive all the way down. It's a 15-play drive to go, like, 50 yards. I mean, it just that's where Kansas is. But they go on this huge drive. A kicker shanks the kick left. You're like, God, that's got it. Like, that just got to make your skin crawl. We finally put it together. We finally do something useful on offense. And our, our kicker shanks it in the wind. I mean, just awful. What will it take for Kansas to even become halfway respectable? Because, I mean, they've, they've recruited some kids out of Oklahoma that are good players. Like the high mm-hmm. kid from Moore is a good football player. Is it just is it literally is it literally just culture in Lawrence like they don't know clue A about how to put together a winning football program or why did Mangino have the success that he did I mean they had some NFL players obviously with Chris Harris and Aqib Talib mm-hmm. Reesing was a good quarterback the Briscoe kid was a good uh, wide receiver it just seems like I don't know and Kansas was decent in the 70s weren't they like 80s like a decent football program I couldn't speak to the '80s. They were good in the '90s. They were better in Oklahoma in the '90s. I mean, they I think beat everybody was. They beat Oklahoma yeah, in the uh, '80s. God, with they beat Troy Aikman. Well, that's why he had to transfer, like a bitch. Glenn Mason. Troy. God, I couldn't think of that. Yeah, guy's Glenn Mason name. was a good coach. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. They had a nice run with him. Obviously, had a nice run with Mangino in the early. Yeah, before 2000s. Mangino, they had that guy from Iowa. Can't remember his name now. Iowa. I'm blanking. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> yeah, he was, came from like northern Iowa, I think. Oh, uh, okay. I was, I was, I was like, wow, they really did just try to copy the uh, Bill Snyder method here. Let's see. I'm Googling. Before Mark Minge, yeah, I'm on it. Tom Hay. No, Terry Allen. Terry, Terry Allen. Allen's who I was thinking of. Yeah. Yep. He wasn't bad. Yeah. Eddie's not wrong though, and that they weren't bad in the. 70s, early 80s under a guy named Don Fambro. I don't know that name, but and they, they, they won a few games. Oh, wait, wait. I, I thought I was looking at wins and losses. It was games coached and then wins. Yeah, he had a losing record. Never mind. He was that good <laughs> after all. My mistake. I apologize. Mangino is... So don't... Wow. Prior to Mangino... The last time they had a coach that left with a winning record was Jules V. Sykes from 1948 to 1953. He was 35 and 25. He's the only guy other than Mangino to have a winning record in Kansas in the last 60 years. Because even some like Allen coached games Mason, for them. They just can't do it the entire time. Fielding Yost, that's a great name. Fog Allen coached football games. He's got one of their best winning records of all time. Not as good as Fielding Yost. Oh, it's, oh well, I mean. He coached 10 games and he ooh. won them all. God, was Kansas national champions in 89? 1899. <laughs> they, were, they won six at They were like champions of the Plains or something. like. That's probably the award they gave Hell out then. Yeah, he sounds like a racist. Fielding Yost? Yeah. I think there's a good chance you could call anyone a racist in 1899. Well, yeah. She fits. Hit the target. Probably so. I'll be honest. I I don't know a lot about Kansas because when they're on television, I don't want to watch well, it. Well, you have to be a psycho to watch it. Yeah. Really Unless you're 
Yeah, unless you're trying to make money and taking like Iowa State minus twenty seven or something. Yeah. Which they well, barely cover. Gamble like that. Mm-mm. Is it, is More it focused on Wednesday night action games. Is it 38 yes. for the, the spread? Yes, that's what I've seen so far this week. Take Oklahoma. That feels like free money. Like, oh, you could put up 70 and like three quarters in this one. That's how bad Kansas is. Yeah, I mean, we, we're, almost, we're almost better off talking about can OU beat OSU right now? <laughs> yeah. Three week going bye. through a bye, going through Kansas, and just talk about that matchup. But I'll be interested to see what Spencer Sanders does against Kansas State this weekend, if he's still a turnover machine. I mean, we... What we did you, go ahead, Josh. What did you guys make of that game last week? Like I, I was going to ask There were you, things I, I saw I that were I thought were really positive... Like, I thought he threw the ball a little better than I'd seen him throw it, but he's still... When he's good, he, he looks good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when he's good, you can make comparisons to a lot of NFL-type quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You just can't... They had, basically, they had their Kansas State game. I mean, you can't turn the ball over four times. Yeah. You can't give up a kick return for a touchdown. You can't rough the kicker on fourth and 11 or fourth and long, whatever it was. The thing is, Texas deserved to win that game as much as they deserve to win the OU game. Like, they really didn't do a whole lot until the very end to win that game. And I that's why... It, I mean, a kickoff return for well, a touchdown. I, the most Texas the thing... narrative that it's Sam Ellinger's a hero. Like, that. that's because Sam Ellinger's so great. No, he plays football for five minutes of 60. That's not great. <laughs> It's still admirable though because he's the only one doing a damn thing on that team. Yeah, that, that, I, I, I like you guys know I respect Sam Ellinger, but it always turned into he's such a gamer. Where was that th- for the last fifty minutes of football? Like you yeah. wouldn't be in this spot. Well, he saves the best for last. Well, and I think part of it too is he just takes it on his own shoulders. I mean, he, and he doesn't do that. He he tries to like just throw the ball to Eagles or. I'm not sure that Joshua Moore is a number one receiver. I know he's, I don't, I haven't seen enough of him with just giving me a wow factor. Like he makes a lot of catches. He does some good things, but like Woody Washington blanketed him up. I mean, Eagles got behind them one time there against OSU. I mean, I think they're more consistent as receivers. I don't know that they're difference makers though at receiver. Yeah, they've got solid guys. They don't have that guy like Duvernay that hey, no. if we need seven yards, no. we can go to him. He'll get us. He'll get what we need. Um, Although that, Duvernay, we never, we never said it, but uh, he was a hell of a football player. I mean, he's he he's doing well in the league right now. Yep, D- Duvernay's a good player, man. He was. It, I honestly, as good as he was, it always felt like they didn't use him very well. Duvernay was like a legit four three track guy, and they've got him running crossing routes like. Why don't you stretch the defense? Why don't you loosen up a little room for Ellinger and your running backs to run the ball? But, no, they're just going to run him over the middle, run little curls. And I mean, don't get me wrong, he had a great year, but it felt like there was a lot more he could have done if they'd allowed him to. It says way more about Texas that they got four turnovers, ran back a kick, got uh, you know the basically the ball back after a boneheaded penalty. It says more about them that they had to win that game in overtime than it does about OSU, right? Like, it would be very Texas for them to go back to Austin this weekend and find a way to lose to West Virginia. I don't, I, I think that'll be that a pretty happens. good game. I, I do too. I, no, yeah. I, I, I mean, we'll see. 
I wouldn't be shocked, though, if I look up on Saturday afternoon and West Virginia won the game. Hey, we're talking about trap games. You know, they got two weeks off from West Virginia, and then they got to go to Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, I, we know that's been a problem. I can't, <laughs> I, I, I can't make Texas to be the f- ups here. Like Oklahoma State, they had that easy schedule to start the season. The, it was it. They had Texas at home. Like the whole thing was made for them to succeed to win the Big Twelve this year. Yeah, agreed. And they Oklahoma shit fell down the bed. Face. Yeah. Yep. I mean, big time. Like, but I guess that we was, shouldn't be so surprised. I mean, this it basically happens every year, and I guess they could still rebound, but like they should go up to Kansas State and beat a bad Kansas State team by a couple touchdowns. They should go up there and cover. Will Howard should have a hard time completing passes against their defense. You would think. You would think. And then that would set up a, a big showdown in Norman in three weeks. Two weeks after that. Then. Yeah, two weeks after. Yeah. yeah. It just, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out, but it does, I mean. Why don't we just move that game up a week? Is that what you want to buy next week? The, the Masters is on November 14th. Are you crazy? It's not the real Masters, though. It's oh. the uh, delayed Masters. It's the fake Masters. I'm going to breathe. <laughs> and we're not going to We're not gonna yell, but that's crazy. Do you have a, that's crazy Do you have a talk. paper bag for him in there anywhere? <laughs> I have a plastic. No, I have a plastic you bag. I'm going to put earlier. it over Terry's head. You hurt me earlier with my REM, and I hurt you with your Masters. All right, we're fair. It's 1-1. One, one. It is crazy, though, to sit here on November 4th and say, I mean, I think Oklahoma's the favorite to win the Big 12 right now. And they still need help to get even get into the conference championship. I, I think you still have to say Iowa State is not like we talked about this in the post game. If there's a power rankings right now, which is you know who's playing the best right now, sure. Iowa State deserves to be on top. They I do my up. power rankings like Trammell. I do it week to week, and what I saw the de- the day before. So you would put OU number one on yours? I mean, the way that they played last week, yes. But they played Tech. Sure. Well. Carrie, there's two different conversations. If, if you want to say Iowa State deserves to be ranked ahead, okay, I, I can get there. That's fine. If you wanted to say tomorrow, Oklahoma and I, Iowa State are going to play a football game, who are you picking? Right. I don't I, – I mean – Really? Oh, I don't I, – mm. Now, we they still got to figure out something to do with Charlie Kolar. There's no question. That's still going to be a problem. Yes. But – uh, By the way, Oklahoma's offense we, just looks like a different animal. We did right kind of gloss over the fact that Woody Washington started that game. Not only did Woody Washington start, but I mean, Trey Norwood obviously started. I asked Bob this this morning. It's like this is the first time that I've been excited to watch an Oklahoma defense take the field in three or four years. Like, legitimately excited to see what they can do together. Winfrey and Perkins and Isaiah Thomas. That's a front that they have not had. That they haven't had. Yeah. I don't even know that they had that. It's not been this good, I don't think, in the entire Mike Stoops era, has it? I mean, Josh, we talked about this on the postgame pod, but when was the last time they, they legitimately had a defensive line that can make that much of a difference in a game? I think you'd have to say 2009, that Beal, Gerald McCoy, yeah. uh, Adrian Taylor, that crew. That, that I mean, because it's not it's no longer just Isaiah Thomas and Perrion Winfrey and uh, Laron Stokes. You got Marcus Stripling now. Two straight weeks has made some really nice plays. Um, you know, Josh Ellison. We've talked about him. He's come on. The guy that I keep seeing on tape, and I like what he does, and he just he's not always the one actually making the tackle. But Jordan Kelly's playing really nice football for Oklahoma right now. Like, it's not 
superstar. I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest player ever, but as your third option at nose tackle, he's playing really, really well. And it's, you know, the thing about both he and Trey Norwood, and maybe Jalen Redmond illustrates this better than anyone, but guys that were rehabbing, it's pretty clear that it was a lot harder on them with everything shut down. Like, the reason Jalen Redmond isn't playing is because he didn't rehab for two months, and that's his own fault. Like, he could have been doing something, but even the guys that were, you know, coming back from a year-long knee, like, they weren't doing the things. By the way, Jaden Hazelwood finally puts out a video with a knee brace on the other day. How about that? Did see that, and... (laughs) I didn't even mention Terry that. finally gets vindicated. You know, it. I know there's a lot of people that think that he could come back relatively soon, and I, I've even heard the Bedlam weekend thrown around. Just from that video, that video alone. There's no way. But I, we don't know if that video was current either. You know, I, I don't know. But I thought the same thing as you. It's like, ugh. Not yeah, moving that around. that doesn't look just like ex- somebody that's about to make a comeback. That doesn't look like somebody that's been cleared to run. Exactly. You know what I mean? He's still building strength sure. in that knee. We'll see, though. If that's if that's recent, yeah, he's got a ways to go. No doubt. That's, that's the beginning of something, not the end. Well, it makes you wonder. So back when we knew something had gone wrong and something had happened, he wasn't – he was putting out all those videos where he wasn't in a brace, and you could clearly tell he wasn't. Now, is he doing the reverse and fucking with us all <laughs> – and it's like those are my videos. Are you, from are you way saying back. he has a time traveling device? He needs to hire. No, I'm. Those I'm videos were from the future when he was no, finished. I'm those are June. old ass videos. Like I'm saying, right, those are back June. when. Like, I, and I'm not saying that. I'm not reporting that. I'm not saying anything. I'm just wondering because clearly he was messing with us then. Is he messing with us now? He was in some kind of a stoop storage facility or something because there was like old Iowa stuff in like some a barn or something it's weird you don't have just old Iowa football stuff hanging around in your house oh yeah I remember that yeah 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 going back to uh, Perkins do they figure out Isaiah Thomas if Perkins plays the entire season would they've ever really utilize him the way they've been able to i think he's a guy that still flashes but he's not that guy that has become their leader in terms of playmaker on on that defensive line i mean uh grinch talked about it yesterday you know we were talking about trey norwood and kind of how he evaluates that because he was kind of in the right place at the right time yet he's still making plays so, like, it, and I kind of meant it to be more of a what do you do when Delarian comes back. Um, but, I mean, you've got to keep playing a guy that's that's picking off passes, regardless if it's fluky or not, because they haven't had anybody that's done that. And he said, kind of said the same thing about Isaiah Thomas. Like, you can say, well, he was just in the right place at the right time, but he's the guy that jumped on a couple of fumbles that, have, you know, well, should have turned the game around at Iowa State, didn't but definitely contributed to the beating last weekend. Just the way that Grinch talks about Isaiah Thomas, I think that they would have tried to find some way to get him out on the field. Like, it's very evident. But he they're the, moving him to different sure. positions. I He's mean, the poster child for what they want to be able to do, though, isn't he? Yeah. It's like we talked about last week, Josh. He's just His skill set as an athlete is just it's unique. 
Oh, it is. I mean, and guys, we would be talking about him differently because it would be, oh, he's he's such a nice change of pace to Ronnie Perkins rather than he's a really good player in his own right. It's got nothing to do with, oh, you know, Ronnie Perkins wears him out and then Isaiah Thomas kind of comes in and cleans up. It's it's not like that. We, we know that OU's got a serious rotation there. But, yeah, it, guys, the Trey Norwood thing's a really interesting conversation because – as good as those two picks were and as much as Oklahoma needed that, man, his tackling is poor. I guess poor, we, poor. We lose you, Bob. Bob, are you there? Hmm. Yes. Okay. It sounded like you were really weird. Submarine it was for a really bit. weird. Okay. Uh <laughs> no, but, but and let me throw this out, Josh. Maybe the fact that Perrion Winfrey is there is a reason why Isaiah Thomas has emerged as much as he has, too. Uh, I think that's there is something to that. Perrion Winfrey, two straight weeks now, has... Guys, I mean, there becomes a question. If he can keep this up for the remainder of the year, Oklahoma's going to have a legitimate concern of if he's part of the team in 2021. Big guys that move like that, teams will over overdraft those guys and i oh, like i said know, i don't think it's he won't be Devonte lampkin uh, i don't think it's the right move for him i think because i think it's one of those deals where if he were you know if he played like he is there there just wouldn't be a lot of tape there wouldn't be a lot of trust the junior college stuff there'd be a lot of questions so he probably goes second or third if he comes back does everything he can you know oh you can give him good reviews he's a top 15 guy next year if he'll wait but like i mean that i mean that's what's possible i mean obviously there's a lot to to do but his talent has that kind of of um ceiling to it so but yeah i mean there's no question he is making life easier for everybody there guys the the first train norwood pick the thing that gets lost in that he literally almost got to the the um the play action fake before the ball could get loose. He was back there so quickly yeah. that the run fake didn't mean anything because if he'd have handed it off to the running back, the running back was dead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it all works together. And But Winfrey, I think, is a big part of why people have started to emerge even more. Agreed. Uh, you, and I then mean, you, you add Perkins into the, the mix. Here's the thing. Yep. You add Perkins into the mix, maybe Thomas starts making even more plays. He very well could. A little more fresh. I mean, look at it's Texas. He just got tired late in that game against Texas. Oh, he was stopped, exhausted. Yeah, they stopped having that same level of pass rush. Guys, the thing about Ronnie, and you know, I know we all noticed it, but it just has to be said. Uh, is it, I mean, could there be any doubt that like the, the long tackle that he made on Texas Tech's first touchdown drive, the one where he chased the guy down 30 yards on the field, does anybody believe he makes that play last year? That was a guy that was just dying to be back out in the football field. Like I, I'm going to chase everything. He's yeah, and not that Ronnie's been a lazy guy in his career. He's always had a good motor, but he chased everything against Texas Tech. It's kind of a funny it, you bring that up because he said he wasn't tired after that play, and that let him know he that he was ready to go. That was one <laughs> okay. thing he did say today. That was kind of funny. It is just kind of a perfect example, though. And you know, we talk about leadership all the time, especially after losses. But it's maybe a good representation of, you know, if you're going to practice what you preach kind of thing. If you're going to be the leader that everybody's talked about as far as, uh, you know, not, when you're not being able to get out on the field and not being able to play, once you get out there, kind of sets a good tone for everybody on that defense, I would think. 
Oh, I, I agree. I mean, like I said, I, I think, I mean, and again, you know, Eddie, you talked about that defense being fun to watch. I've got to think, I mean, in, from Lincoln's comments and from what you guys are saying Ronnie had to say, that was a boost to that whole defense, just having him back out there. And they, they looked, the entire group just looked like they were up a half a step. They just looked faster, looked more into it, I guess you'd say. As far as uh, Trey Norwood, I know that you posed that question, Josh. It, you know, the, the safety thing, it's definitely not solved, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, they still have issues. Now, I will say, and we, we've been tough on Pat Fields at times. I thought Pat Fields played a really nice game against Texas Tech. He had a couple of um, the big fourth down stop when I think really pretty much is when OU put Texas Tech to bed. On that, when they went, they had a third and short, and then uh, Osamoa made a nice play along with Woody Washington. It was actually, and I went back, I broke it down in the Monday Morning Idiot. Pat Fields made that play because he ate up a block that was going to take on Osamoa. Fields got there so quickly, he ate up that block, so Osamoa was free to make the tackle. Um, and then the next play on a fourth and one, I believe it was, uh, I can't remember who made that. I think it was David Aguebu, actually. Um, it, was so Os- I, it was Osamoa and Aguebu. Okay. Together. Okay. Okay, so I mean, you know, you just had um, you had some real moments where guys that I thought maybe have been a little maligned and, and probably fairly this year stepped up and had some really nice um, some nice stretches in this game. I thought Tyrese Robinson probably had his best game as a Sooner. I don't know if Chris Murray breathing down his neck is what he needed or what it was, but I thought he was absolutely outstanding against Texas Tech. Yeah, he had that one bizarre penalty that. Where he just his. touched a guy, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, no, I let me ask you this, Josh: Is this the first game where Deshaun White was clearly a better linebacker than David Aguebu? I, I think so. This was the first time. I mean, you saw I saw Aguebu take a few bad angles. It left OU in a bad spot a couple of times, um, and I thought White played really solid. I mean that, and that's what you're. That's the give and take with those guys, Deshaun White is not going to make some of the plays that are freaky, wild, like David Aguebu can make. And at the same time, he's so much more well-versed at playing that position and so much more comfortable there, he's going to make the plays he should make. And sometimes, and I know that sounds, well, what, what does that matter? That's what everybody's supposed to do. That's fine. Aguebu at times doesn't do that because he just doesn't have that familiarity there. So I think that's why you see that rotation. And I have to give it up to the corner a little bit couple of weeks ago in a board chat, somebody goes, well, you know, what if OU started just using basically a three-man rotation where Deshaun White's kind of shifting back and forth between Will yeah. and he's giving Osamoa a break and they're just using uh, uh, Osamoa, White, and Aguebu. And that's pretty much what OU's gone to here yeah. lately. And it looks – their linebacker woes seem much more reasonable. Um, Brian, you know, Kerry's guy, Brian Mead. Mead you know, you can, stop, you can stop making him my guy. I just defended him against haters, and now he's my guy. I hate it when shit like this happens. He dropped a pick. If he would have got that pick, if he would have got that pick, he might have had a chance to be my guy, but he dropped it. So, sorry, Brian, you're out. Oh, no. It's, you know, God, it had, some, it had a chance to be special, but... You know, like me and Mario Williams, it just couldn't last. It's all right. I mean, Alex Grinch wasn't all that happy about it being dropped. He pointed that out the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were so close to having several more. The the Jamal Morris fumble, and then they had another one on another yep. tech kickoff where it just rolled out of bounds. I mean, they had a chance to have four still or five turnovers. Luckily, that was it wasn't even close on the Jamal Morris fumble. Oh, God. No. I don't even know why they went to review. 
Jamal Morris to this day Brando. will probably still tell you that he had that recovery. I think he did. So, what was the explanation on the Jeremiah Hall thing? Were they actually reviewing whether that was a touchdown? No, I don't think they were watching the game. It I, was ridiculous. I mean, even if you want to call it a fumble, it was down. It was by the ground. He lands on his elbow. Like it's <laughs> yeah, he not, landed in the end zone. Yes, there was he nothing landed. to review. I don't ask a lot for my play-by-play guys, but watching the game is one of them. Yeah, they were stunned. They're like, "Oh, wait, maybe he didn't let go of that." Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> that was I, guys, and we say it a lot. That's a harder job than most like most fans at home. Like that's harder. But than you Tim think Brando has been doing that job forever. Yes. He should be better. At, he's just no, no. I agree. He's just I, I, he's lost. He, he's losing it. I mean, he's he just, doesn't give a shit. You can tell yeah. he doesn't care. He's mailing it in. Yep. Someday I, I, I'm gonna mail it in. Just collect checks. That's the that's the best thing that a person could possibly <laughs> do in this world. Won't be doing it here because the corner won't let you. For sure. Well, that's I true. Just, I just can't wait. If uh, Eddie is a play-by-play guy, would just be hysterical. Like his suit and his tie, and he's got his radio voice going real big. That I would base everything off of. Uh, what's could his definitely name? mail it in on radio. Though. What's his? Uh, yeah, seen it. Uh, the <laughs> what's the guy's name? Burkmeyer. What's the what's the uh, oh the, the on site AMC? Yeah, thing? what is that called? Oh, uh, Brock Brockmeyer. Yeah. 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 No, he's that's an amazing show that people are listening. I, I to have not seen a lot of that show, but the stuff I have seen with him and Joe Buck is fantastic. Yes, the jo, Joe Buck, like as much as you, it would be easy to want to not like him. The he's willing to laugh at himself. How many of these people are that way? Ian Rappaport can't take a damn joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you Sorry. didn't. You should have celebrated his suspension. Wasn't that him that got uh, suspended for yep. putting the manscaping ad up or something? I thought it was because he had, was it for the Titans? Yeah, no, 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 it wasn't. No, it ended up, they they admitted what it was. It was because he oh, went okay. out and sold an ad on his own account for that Manscaped company or mm-hmm. whatever. And it wasn't NFL approved. Basically, the NFL <laughs> wasn't getting a cut of it. Yeah. I, I, see, I don't understand that. Like, I don't know why they get to own his account. Like he does that. That's he every. I mean, it. look, my radio contract says that they own me. I have to get a lawyer to redo my contract. Eddie, you should be doing this too. Uh, to redo my contract, to basically say no, you don't own. You know, all my rights. I mean, that's just the way media works these days. They want to. They want to control your social and your advertising and make every penny off of you that they can. In case anyone was wondering, no, we have no uh, editorial review of Eddie's Twitter, so that's uh, we have nothing to do with that. We absolve ourselves from all his sins. Probably should. in radio they call it payola. Here we just call it being sketchy, where you <laughs> advertise for someone to take some money under the table. We could do that on podcasts. Like you think Dead Soxy's paying the business? No, they're paying me. You son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. IRS, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, okay, now, Josh, you got a big trip planned uh, coming up recently. Unless you want to hit on anything else uh, football-wise before we get into some recruiting? Uh, we want to spend any time on the backup punter, or is we good? I think we're good. Okay. It's always the most popular guy on the team. Gabe Burkich did miss another kick, though, didn't he? We aren't going to talk Four about Gabe in Burkich in a bad tone <laughs> until they he misses a kick that costs OU a football game. Okay. Like Texas. Like he almost did. (laughs) 
We're not going to talk about him in a bad tone until he actually costs him a game. Okay. And then we go for the throat. He may not ever <laughs> want to come back to Norman again. No, but, uh, well, let's start with this. Uh, we won't min- mention the issues, but uh, you did go see Kobe McKenzie before the Tech game. Last I did. Weekend, Bob. And, you know, I, I was, I think there's been a lot of speculation about what had been going on with him here lately because there's a lot of pictures of him at Texas Tech, you know, doing the the guns up and wreck them. And, you know, I, I think you're starting to learn that when you put that on social media, it kind of takes a life of its own. And But when you listen to him talk and if you watch the video interview, if, if you read the story, you kind of get a feeling of why OG fans have no reason to be concerned. This is not something they need to be worried about in terms of the – 2022 class can't confirm he's going to be a 2022 kid he's definitely not going to try to make it into 2021 but that relationship with brian odom lincoln riley it's way too deep it means way too much for him to start looking around at this point that will be uh yeah that was a that was a good interview you can actually see that up on the site we have that up right now uh you know i I guess before we get into your travel plans for the weekend, Josh, you guys want to hit on uh, Billy Bowman. That finally popped over the weekend. I know there was much speculated about. Josh, you went and saw him, what, now two weeks ago? Uh, But just another notch in the belt for the uh, 2021 Oklahoma recruiting class. Yeah, it's another big win. You know, Oklahoma's, you know, currently sitting at number 14 in the team rankings after Billy Bowman's commitment. But if you look at it and break it down on uh, the average star rating, OU's at 3.8, which is number four in the country. That means almost every player they have is a four-star or or better. So it kind of gives you an idea of what they've done in 2021. But, yeah, with Billy Bowman, you know, again, just a guy, we've talked about him a lot here lately, but I have talked to people that know him, know his family, um, and it amazes people that Oklahoma was able to turn this around. If you would have told me two months ago, that not only is he no longer committed to Texas, but is an Oklahoma commitment, I, I would have called you crazy. It, it just, everything about him said he was solid to Texas. He'd helped recruit his teammate, Jatavion Sanders, to Texas. Um, that there was all these things that made all the sense in the world, and it just didn't happen. I mean, it, it, you know, it, you can understand why he moved away from Texas with seeing some of their problems and some of the things going on. Now, what's been interesting is the ongoing argument because everybody at Texas believes he left Texas because he wants to play receiver. Uh, Again, I've been given no assurances that that's definitely what he's doing at Oklahoma. And if Oklahoma was recruiting him on that merit, whether it was true or not, I think they would put it out in front of everybody. Oh, yeah, he's going to be a receiver. He's going to be a receiver. And then once he gets signed on the dotted line, you kind of, okay, well, we'll start you there and we'll see how it goes. You kind of change the story a little bit. But... I, I keep hearing it's open-ended, that he could end up at, at DB, he could end up a receiver. I think he'll be good in either situation. I think, obviously, you know, to anyone that's watched Oklahoma, defensive back is the easier path to playing time right now. But even as a return man, he brings a lot. So there's this is another good get for Oklahoma, and I think it's one of those situations where we don't really care where you play. You're so good, we're just going to find somewhere to get you on the field. How important is it? Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, I was, oh, was going to move on to another, another topic, just the way Josh has been on a, on a roll here the last few weeks with Billy Bowman, and then last week seeing the latest 2022 quarterback offer 
even before he was offered at that, that time and just could have worked out better. Yeah, that that was really nice. Uh, Connor Wigman, I'm going to say it right. I poor <laughs> poor kid, I messed it up twice in the interview. I just could not I had Wegman in my head and I just could not shake it out. But yeah, Connor Wigman was a guy that um you know, we've talked about a lot. I think we've even mentioned him some here on the podcast, but a guy out of Bridgeland kind of northwest uh Houston area and was a guy that I had planned to go see the game for quite some time. Uh he cuz he was playing against Harold Perkins, uh the uh 2022 linebacker offer. And then it just so happened Thursday night, he kind of, you know, I, I, he puts that on Twitter and then he and I talk a little bit. Lincoln Riley just called him on Thursday, made an offer. And then Friday, I just happened, you know, like I said, was going to be at the game, made it there. And he goes 21 for 25 with five touchdowns for like 295 yards. Uh, Perkins played an outstanding game on the other side of the ball, but Wigman was just a guy that, I went in not expecting a lot, or really honestly trying not to expect too much, because every time I go see a Lincoln-Riley quarterback offer, the guy's insanely good, and it makes sense. But this was a guy that Lincoln-Riley couldn't evaluate in person, and I don't think there's any position where that's trickier than at quarterback. So I wasn't sure what to expect. And at the same time, this is a guy that is a very, very good baseball player. He's got an Oklahoma baseball offer from Skip Johnson. He talked to me in our interview about talking to the baseball staff the night the football offer happened. So there's a lot of connection between the two staffs there. And so with that, though, he's a guy that hasn't spent every summer working with a quarterback trainer and playing seven-on-seven all summer and doing these things that you know Spencer Radler and Caleb Williams and some of these guys have done. So I expected him to be a little rough around the edges, and that's not what I saw. I mean, he was going against a good opponent. Cy Park's a good team. They were 4-1 and one coming into the game. They were a legitimate district title contender, and Bridgeland just ran them off the field. I mean, it wasn't even close, and it was it was Connor Wigman. He was making crossing routes. He made some deep throws that were beautiful. I, I just, like I said, I came away thinking I was going to see a borderline four-star kid, and I'm not saying he's a five-star but if you told me he's a Rivals 100 kid by the end of next year, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, the highlights we got of him are just unbelievable, the ones that you were able to get on that Friday night with the five touchdowns. It, I've been told, too, that there's some belief that he could be one of the best baseball players in the entire state of Texas in that 2022 class. And if that's the case, you know, I, it's something that Oklahoma hasn't really had to go down as far as, uh, you know, recruiting a kid and then he spurns him for baseball, obviously the way that it worked out with Kyler, but it will be interesting to see how that plays out if, you know, say they do, you know, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, you don't want to recruit a kid for a year and then all of a sudden you look up in the middle of June or whenever the Major League Baseball draft is in 2022 and he goes, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to be a first rounder. I don't want to play football anymore. Sure. And that and that's that's the risk. And I will say, you know, kind of, I guess, in the opposite direction, he is good friends with the John Spikerman kid from uh, Lake Creek and also in North Houston and Montgomery area, uh, and they I believe they play some summer baseball together. So, and he's an OU baseball commitment for those that don't know. So there are a lot of things that make this look good for Oklahoma. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is where you run into that risk. And I talked to him, you know, like again during that interview that we've got up on the site about how he kind of felt about. Um, you know, Oklahoma having some track record at navigating that quarterback and baseball situation. And, you know, obviously Kyler Murray is a ringing endorsement for Oklahoma, and he was very aware of that and has talked to both the both staffs, Oklahoma baseball and football, about 
how they kind of made that work. And I, like I said, I think if you were if he had to pick today, I think it's Oklahoma. But there's a long way to go. I mean, we'll kind of see. And Oklahoma's going to continue to evaluate quarterbacks. I don't get the impression sure. that this is a class where they've made their decision. Okay, this is our 2022 guy. We're going after him. It's everything else is done. Um, so they're going to keep looking and try to find somebody, and they're obviously hoping they can start making some trips in the spring and Lincoln Riley can get out and see some guys that he has interest in. And I would say, too, that, you know, I, I'm i sure that people don't care about this, but it's one of those things that there are more and more kids opting to go the college route and then try and get drafted through Major League Baseball as opposed to, you know, what I think was the the normal way of life and going through single A, double A, and then working your way up. I mean, it just look at the top 10 and the top 10 picks in the major league baseball draft over the last four or five years, damn near almost every year, seven, eight or nine of those top 10 picks have been college guys. So that might just be something to watch here moving forward. I was going to ask you though, just as far as Billy Bowman is, is it over instated or how, what's the importance of getting into a school like a Denton Ryan doesn't feel like Oklahoma's had very much success there the last couple of years. Well, I mean, obviously the the heartbreaker last year for Oklahoma was Drew Sanders. I mean, you know, everybody talks about Jason McClellan, but I think as far as a need and a guy that brought something that Oklahoma didn't have, I think Drew Sanders was a much bigger loss than Jason McClellan uh, just from a talent standpoint. But that Denton Ryan has been a place, you know, and Denton in general. I mean, you look at Geyer and, um, and Ryan – haven't they've produced plenty of good football teams plenty of good players but there haven't been many that have gone to Oklahoma I mean it, it, the list is pretty short um so you know you, you talk about that and it makes you more aware of how big this could be because not only is Billy Bowman a, a you know one of the leaders of this team and a guy that everybody knows his dad's on the coaching staff so I mean you're talking about a lot of connectivity from year to year on Oklahoma being able to walk in the doors at Denton Ryan. And you're talking, I mean, Bear Alexander, a 2022 defensive lineman, the number 15 player in the country, who, I, like I've said before, I think Oklahoma's as good a shape as anybody for him. Then you've got Anthony Hill, the big 2023 linebacker that I know Brian Odom and the staff really, really like. And then you've got uh, Jordan, uh, not, oh, gonna, I almost did it, Austin Jordan, um, the, the 2022 defensive back. That and you know Billy Bowman on Monday morning started tweeting out you know the O and the I's and all those guys. He's they're working. I mean they're they're trying to do all they can, and that's it's a particularly good time to land a guy like Bowman because they have a lot of young talent underneath him. That I don't know if looks up to him would be the right word, but they certainly respect him. And well, then uh, Josh, looking ahead to this week, it's going to be a 2022 wide receiver weekend for us i'm determined to see talon chetron dominate he's dominated every game i went before i went and after i've gone but now i'll hope to see him again friday night against norman and see what what he can do but wow no pressure you'll be you'll be leaving the the the, the state just kind of talk about the trip that you're about to make yeah i did want to offer our sincere condolences to talon chetron the fact that this is going to be a slow week for him um I don't. There's going to become a point when Santa Fe no longer allows Bob in their stadium. It, it's it's going to become a thing. Um, but no, yeah, this week I get to go see Luther Burden, the five star wide receiver commitment uh, out of St. Louis. They're playing in a playoff game. It kind of got to be where this was the last sure chance I was going to have to see him. And 
a five star guy that I haven't seen, you know, that's that's I, that drives me crazy. So I, I I was excited to go check him out. On the way up there, I, I'm hoping on Friday night after the game to talk to both him and his head coach, uh, Brendan Spain. Um, and then, actually, I've got some time after I land on Friday, and I'm going to go stop by and see 2022 defensive line offer Tyson Ford, uh, who is a guy that I know Oklahoma's really high on, uh, looks really good, and actually is friends with Luther Burden. So there is um, hopefully going to you know get all I can out of this. But obviously Luther Burden being the star of this trip, I've never seen him in person. The only guy I know that has is Josh Hemholt, and that was you know last year he was just kind of getting going as a sophomore at Ritter. So this is a this is an exciting chance, like I said, to see a guy that I won't get many opportunities to see. And the wrap up basketball recruiting. Damian Collins <laughs> went to Kentucky. Let's move on. Shocker. <laughs> Uh, by the way, uh, also want to take some time to uh, recognize the passing of Billy Tubbs. Um, I know a lot of you guys are you know younger than I was, but that was my wheelhouse. Uh, Billy Ball and, and I, w- I read Jason Kersey's article in the Athletic today. He talked to Stacy King and um, uh, Coach Anderson and kind of relaying some of the stories. But yeah, I mean. It's it's amazing to think about the context of, of Billy Ball and Oklahoma basketball at the heyday of OU football. I mean, like, OU football was as big, if not bigger, than it was right now, and Billy Tubbs managed to come in there and put a basketball program together that was every bit the attraction that the football team was. And a lot of kids like me, like, you know, I grew up in a basketball household, my parents' big kansas fans uh they both went to pittsburgh state but they grew up on kansas basketball and uh, i mean i had to deal with that like you know rooting for oklahoma in a kansas family and it was it was horrible i mean uh 88 was the worst year ever and you know they always used when i would come back from college they would they would always have that game playing on vcr uh just to keep taunting me about it and uh Look, I would say of all the major things in sports in my life that have really affected me, uh, you know, growing up a Royals fan, George Brett, baseball, all that stuff, that was my first love. Uh, and then, you know, 85 came around and, and, you know, we moved to Oklahoma shortly before that. But, you know, my best friend, still my best friend to this day, got me into Oklahoma football. His dad played at OU. Uh, and took me to games and stuff, but we were just as big of basketball fans. Uh, I mean, I remember he had this great poster of them, uh, you know, in front of a plane, the whole team, and uh, just I used to just stare at that, and just think, you know, how cool OU basketball was. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that poster, um, but you know, the Wayman Tisdale phenomenon, and uh, you know, even Mookie Blaylock and Stacy King, and uh, Dave Seeger and, uh, you know, all those guys that were just fantastic. And, and I got to see him play UNLV. My, you know, my parents were KU fans, but they would take me to OU basketball games because they loved watching basketball. We went and drove through an ice storm, I remember, from Duncan to uh, catch that UNLV game. And that was like one of the greatest. Got there so early, bought tickets outside from some random dude. I'd never seen that happen before. Like, that's the first time 
like I went to a sporting event where you didn't have a ticket and you bought because like I when you're a kid you don't know where tickets come from it's like you just think that your parents got tickets somehow and usually they got them through work or something like that back in those days uh, but to be out there in the snow and buying tickets from people and then going in you know the first people to go in there and we went down toward the floor just watched shoot around and stuff I still remember Dave Seeger out there taking shots and then to have that building in a snowstorm full it was the epicenter of college basketball that day and OU beat UNLV I think UNLV was number one maybe and OU was number two uh and then it flipped after that but that was like one of my best sports day ever and I got to sit next to Billy Tubbs uh Mike Houck had set me next to him and Buddy Heald's last home game against Kansas and we just sat there and talked the whole game and it was fantastic and I worked with his daughter-in-law Ann Tubbs uh Tommy's wife and uh, she's, a, you know, that's just such a great family. I hurt for them and their loss. And I know reading, you know, some of the things that Tommy said about how much he was fighting and that they, in the end, were just hoping God would take him because they, were, they didn't want him to keep fighting, uh, you know, the, the, the effects of leukemia that he'd been battling. So there it is. That's, that's kind of what I wanted to say about Billy Tubbs. Appreciated him so much. One of the, my true heroes uh, growing up and uh, love that guy. Love getting a chance to get to know him a little bit uh, and talk with him over the years. And he was always gracious, always smiling. And uh, just I, the thing I think I admire most about it is he was such a competitive bastard, which I think all of us are that way in some form or fashion. And he was unapologetic about it all. And I think it was fantastic. that's been the best part over the last couple of days is just hearing the stories and then envisioning Billy Tubbs doing that or seeing the videos. <laughs> and everybody talks about the Missouri game and, you know, and the things that he would say, like, uh, do you see the uh, video that Nate Fakin tweeted out with him and BBJ? Yeah, it was really it's just like those are classic moments. And then all of that combined with the fact that, I mean, that little stat graphic that Oklahoma put out. Uh, the basketball program, 333 wins, two-time National Coach of the Year, seven All-Americans, four Sweet 16s, 15 NCAA tournament wins, which is the most in OU history, 17 draft picks, uh, four Big 8 championships, and nine NCAA records that still remain. You I mean, people, my God. People don't know this now, but it used to be a really big uh, point of emphasis around here. OU and Arizona were neck and neck for longest home win streaks in the country in basketball. Uh, and I was there actually the day I, I think I I mentioned this to uh, Billy one of the last times I interviewed him on the radio and he was like yeah thanks for that memory uh, but I was there the day Duke broke the record and Bobby Hurley was their point guard uh, and you know that was kind of when Duke was becoming Duke uh, that you know they were kind of the power shift was happening between like Oklahoma and Duke. And but that was I mean, that was amazing that Oklahoma had the longest home winning streak in the country in college basketball. Sure. It's just you wouldn't think of something like that in this day and age. The story that Van Shea Ivan passed along on Facebook, too, was, that was just great. like, yeah, unbelievable. I, I started laughing out loud. If you're friends with Van Shea, go check it out. I'm he not texted me that morning that story. And it was, <laughs> I mean, it was that is great. I, don't, I didn't read his Facebook thing, but yeah, you should go. You should go find that. It's fantastic. Pretty good. All right, fellas. Uh, another podcast in the books. Josh, I know you got to get out of here. Go take care of the little ones. So uh, enjoy that. And um, thanks to all you guys. And uh, we'll be uh, covering the text, the uh, Kansas game over the weekend. All three of us will have the opportunity to be there. I don't know if it's a privilege because it's going to be Kansas. 
but at least I'll be back in a press box, and that'll make me happy. It'll be the first time since Texas. Um, so uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, good luck with your drinking and your election results and and your friends and dealing with all that like we did last night. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys back here again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.